0: Welcome to Spider-Verse Minute, the tri-weekly podcast where we watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse one minute at a time. I'm Caroline Slater.
1: And I'm her brother, Sean.
0: And today we are watching Minute 22. It starts with Miles hanging from a beam and ends with Spider-Man noting that Miles' shoe is still untied.
1: What did you end up uh, naming this minute?
0: Just going to give a heads up, it's uh, not my best title, but I named it. New place, what dis?
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: <laughs> oh, god, <laughs> I was really worried it wasn't going to scan well. Uh, how, about, how about you start with the notes on this one?
1: Yeah, so I really liked uh, in the beginning of this minute how just the way that the camera sk- pans along with Miles as he is lifted up off of the scaffolding. Um, it, it's got that, like sort of uncomfortable sense of when, when cameras lock onto things in, for, like, quote-unquote first person, and it feels a little bit off sometimes mm-hmm. um, because of, like, its movement follows something on screen, so that stays pretty still. Um, it only lasts for about a second, but I just really like when things like that happen.
0: Yeah, it, it, I get what you mean. Uh, I also really enjoyed that, but I also just, like... In this whole minute itself as well. But uh, during this whole fighting sequence, I like how they just really do stay focused on Miles. Yeah. With this, like I could easily see them. was like, well, there's a cool fight sequence going on. Let's focus on that. But they really still keep Miles in the focus of this, which I think is a, a really cool decision in a way. I don't know if cool is the right word. A very smart decision. Because then it feels like we're experiencing that panic of the fight with him like we're not sticking on like oh this is awesome it's like oh crap miles could get hurt at any second and you can tell that like he's fearing that as well
1: yeah usually with like kind of panicky cameras um that are really common these days and like a lot of motion in fights where you don't focus on the fight i think Mm -hmm. it's taken as a detriment to the action because you're supposed to like the the focus of the scene is the fight whereas like the focus of this scene is miles trying to get away from the fight and so you see uh it focusing the fight is almost ancillary to what's happening on it's just the cause yeah. um, of the stuff and and you're really focusing on him trying to get away from that um and and like you know dodge under the the shipping container and then and run down the hallway while you just see the fight happening in the background
0: yeah, and you, when he's, like, running away and, like, the fight's happening in the background, you see it getting lessened and you can almost, like, f- feel yourself get a little calm. It's like, okay, he's going to be okay. And then he nearly falls into yeah. this giant space. And you're like, oh, wait, no, he's not. There's still danger happening. <laughs> yeah.
1: I really liked in um, the fight how they introduced a- and started... I guess not. They already sort of introduced this, but uh, used more of that like comic language, where yeah. at the the first big thing you get is uh, Peter when he punches Green Goblin, just a big crack that takes up in the, the entire
0: screen at four. I took note of that. I'm like, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I really liked how it it um, it adds the how they use the dimensionality of the the scene with this where they stick it behind um, Peter and Miles and the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And so like in like old cartoons and TV shows, like that would just take over the screen and that's all you'd see. But I like how they stuck it behind them and like you can still even see some of the scaffolding that um, the Green Goblin gets the, like pushed into. And so it doesn't completely erase everything. It's just, it's a really cool um, like still.
0: Yeah, that, that's probably one of my favorite uses of the, like, classic comic book sound effects used in the movie. Um, I also noticed that, like, at one point, Green Goblin's throwing, I guess, bombs, and there are these explosions. And each yeah. explosion says boom, which I yeah, thought uh... was both cool and funny. But for some reason, just... To, I don't entirely know why it reminded me of this, but those explosions... Do you remember in Legend of Zelda Wind Waker when you would, yeah. like, kill the enemy and it would kind of just, like, they'd have many explosions?
1: Yeah. I, I
0: thought of that.
1: <laughs> I, I also um, thought of that a little bit as well. Oh, okay. How, um, <laughs> it, the, the smoke, um, the smoke and explosion effects that they use, um... Is actually um, like they did it in 3D instead of just like a traditional 2D layering mm-hmm. um, effect and so they actually like there is a 3D explosion that they then flattened into 2D um, and and it it is really reminiscent of that uh, Wind Waker and like it also kind of reminds me of Borderlands um, mm. art style where it's got um, like it has these heavier lines around the edges like it reminds me a lot of cell shading um Earth. but i don't know if that's like it, it's the cell shading style of like wind waker and borderlands um and and one of the cool things too about the the explosions and like the booms is the the booms are also dynamic Yeah. so the one thing i noticed with the first one um that they don't do with the second but there's a uh Two booms on top of each other. So there's a smaller boom that comes out of like the immediate explosion, and then there's the larger boom that's um, like twice as big um, that comes out of the like shattering effect, um, and and it it's really cool because they don't they're not like perfectly in sync and um, it uh, it 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 adds this neat bit of dimensionality that. Um, doesn't always happen with like the static, huh?
0: I static stuff. Yeah, I I didn't notice that the the two layers of booms. That's really interesting, and very very cool like little detail there.
1: Yeah, and they like move in and out. So like as the explosion you know lessens, the booms zooms back in instead of just disappearing. It it <laughs> um, shrinks into nothingness.
0: That that totally just made me think of like when we would watch MythBusters and we would always watch the. Uh... Oh, what did they call it? The speed cameras capture of like the different explosions, specifically yeah. the cement truck explosion.
1: Yeah, and you can see the shockwave move out faster yeah, than very the actual explosion slowly.
0: Um, I want to talk a bit about Miles is running through the hallway, and then he almost falls, and right after that, we finally get like a f- really a full view. and the size of this massive, of the collider that has been hinted at and referenced in the background and, like, a little bit hinted at with all the earthquakes in previous minutes, and we finally see the collider. And first off, this thing's huge.
1: Yeah, I'm amazed that he was able to, like, build this big, like, I wonder if this was built into a previous cave system that was underneath the city and they just had to expand it a little bit yeah
0: i'm very curious but the other thing yeah because it's giant the other thing i noticed like when it first is panning from right to left is that you can tell it's still incomplete
1: yeah you see a bunch of the scaffolding and and later on in the minute like you see peter and miles land on some of that scaffolding
0: yeah and like even away from scaffolding when it's panning like a lot of the panels aren't there and just exposed
1: yeah, I I took so like I took some of those side panels, mm-hmm. um, like the the wall panels being missing as part of the damage from the previous mm-hmm. test. Okay. Um, and I thought that was like, oh, they have to, like, I think part of it probably like some of the scaffolding is probably just you know fixing it back up, um, mm-hmm. from when when Peter stopped it previously. Um, but yeah, I took I. And, and like the big hole that that you see that miles almost falls into I thought that was again part of the um from the uh, probably the previous night or you know earlier in the previous week's uh battle that that Peter stopped that test from
0: yeah it, it's just it's a it's a very cool visual it's also kind of like hurts the eyes a bit because we were just in this like dark kind of Gridgy environment and then here we are bright white
1: yeah, yeah
0: there's like whoa it, it's it's a very stark I guess is the word I'm looking for it's a very stark contrast and it's a very like I, I'm trying to avoid saying cool because I feel like I say cool a lot when we talk about this, these minutes but it is I think like it's a very cool visual because I remember it's like this giant thing underneath Brooklyn it's like oh my gosh okay yeah yeah <laughs> I, I can see why, like, how this could cause a, a black hole. What, what, what's the line that Peter says in the previous minutes? like, I can't have you opening a portal to another dimension underneath Brooklyn. It's not zoned for, or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: oh, okay, yeah, I can see why this is a danger.
1: Yeah, it's also, like, a very, um, like, unrealistic depiction of what a, uh, particle collider would be like usually they're just like <laughs> the, the way like you know cern and and those types of um uh, particle colliders work is usually it's either like a horseshoe shape or a, a big oval and you just shoot a particle into it and then run it around in circles a bunch of time until it's going fast enough to then ram into it the other particle you want um <laughs> And and this is just like yeah let's just expose it to the air and we're just gonna shoot the particles towards each other and hope for the best. <laughs> the one other thing that was really cool as um, Miles runs into the this part of the scene, we get to see the full the full thing. Is I like how when he stops and looks over, the camera like goes over a bit further, um, goes over his you know body a bit further, and mm-hmm. you get that sense of like it adds a bit of that vertigo sense than if we would have just, like, stopped when he did or if it was even just a static camera and you saw yeah. him, like, get there and sort of fall over a little bit.
0: Yeah. They, they do a really good job with uh, the camera angles in this movie and, like, the use of, like, perspective.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of cool scenes that show that. And then when Miles falls into the, like, into where the Green Goblin is. Should
0: I, we say falls or should we say was shoved? <laughs>
1: uh, well, like, I mean, when he, he gets shoved in, but then he catches himself. Oh, you're right. Uh, okay. Before falling into the hole again. I want to know why he fell off a second time. Um, you because.
0: Saw, you, you saw those panels. they there is no grip on those things.
1: Yeah, but we also saw earlier that he just grips to things. Like, he 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 just sticks to stuff. Mm, okay. um, and that's how he gets caught is, like, he sticks to it, but then, like, he, he doesn't tear off any part of the panel um, or, like, his hands are, are free. So I want to know, like, he clearly didn't relax enough. To, <laughs> <laughs> or he at least shouldn't have been able to relax enough to become unstuck from that and fall. Maybe um, his
0: hands were just really sweaty. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: he, he he was just running beforehand. It's like there was just enough to grip him there and then it's like, Oh crap, nope, too slippery. Yeah. That's why Spider Man has to wear gloves, so that way he can still stick and not have to worry about sweat from running sweat. around so often.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I did speaking of Spider Man, I did really like how um they show him going to save like Miles as he's falling um just his movements uh super cool where uh he's he's like just swinging kind of looking over and then he hears miles scream and then just does this really cool like twist shoot out a second web um and then use that to like propel himself towards miles um and then there is a really cool thing uh and then you know the the her- heroic music plays which yes. i really like his uh I, heroic music
0: i love his heroic music <laughs>
1: yeah, and then with um, when it cuts to miles just like falling and it's got that streaked kind of comic book, you know, the the streaks. Uh, the way he like curls up into the fetal position um, kind of reminded me of later in the movie when they're learning to um, swing uh, swing with webs and it, it sort of looks like the the way where, as they propel themselves up they curl up a little bit and mm-hmm. it just sort of reminded me like here when he's falling and even like later when he does um, the jumps like, like when he's first learning to use his powers and it shows like his sort of sloppiness like this is the like sloppiest he gets and it's just sort of this um, chaotic freefall that he just curls up and then later on when we see him using his powers really well um, he, he's able to form it the like a similar position, but it's much more elegant uh, and just much more smooth.
0: Huh, I didn't notice that. Uh, that's cool. I'm gonna to, I, I kind of want to go back and look for that now. Going off of that, I don't have much more to add. It's more just something I found kind of amusing uh, when Spider Man does grab miles um it's like by the end of his jacket and so miles is just kind of like (laughs) hanging there like um, i almost think of like a cat like you just pick them up by their center and they just have their paws out like what's (laughs) happening and i I think it looks kind of funny um That's all I really had to add to that. It was I just thought that was a funny pose, Miles had. Also this sort of look of like, wait, I'm not dead, I'm swinging, what's happening?
1: Yeah, he's like expecting to hit, and then he opens his eyes, and he's like, wait a second. This is I'm... not
0: what's happening.
1: <laughs> the wind's blowing in a different direction now.
0: <laughs> I've stopped falling, I think. <laughs> the ground is not getting bigger, it's moving sideways?
1: yeah yeah and so then they they transition or and then they land on the scaffolding miles not so elegantly <laughs> Peter very elegantly like i just love the way that peter's just kind of like tosses him into the air you mean then, like, you don't appreciate you don't think miles is
0: collapse onto the ground like a mm-hmm. oof like a full-on just yeah. isn't elegant Alec-
1: but I just love the way, like, Peter just tosses him in the air to readjust, catches him, and then just, like, lays him down.
0: Yeah. He does do that, doesn't he? He's like, hold on! You sit there!
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and Peter uh, notices that Miles' shoes, uh, or at least his left shoe again, is still untied.
0: Uh Yeah, <laughs> I like how, like, where Miles in the past I was just like, it's a choice, or like, yeah, I know. Miles, this time, just kind of looks down and then looks back up at Peter and just kind of nods.
1: Like, yeah, he's he's uh-huh. speechless.
0: <laughs> it's like, huh? You nearly died.
1: <laughs> it's also really cool that, like, you know, this is kind of typical of these, but it's always nice to see. But, like, his socks are dirty. Like, you know, he was running around in, uh, you know, through this, the subway tunnels and then yeah. through the assembly room. uh fight area and so like obviously he's going to be a bit more disheveled but um it's always nice seeing that actually like uh um shown on that and like you can kind of tell like you know the bottom of his shoes are a little dirty and Mm -hmm. stuff like that
0: the other thing i i really liked and it's like a small detail and this goes a bit more i think to the voice actors uh than the animators or maybe it might even go a bit to the director too um, but both Miles and Peter are like breathing heavily yeah but it sounds realistic
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> where like there are times in voice acting when you have to make weird noises that they need to use and it can be hard to make those noises sound authentic yeah. um, one thing I heard is that you can always tell who's a good voice actor versus who's a great voice actor by who can make a laugh sound natural in a booth (laughs) yeah i'm like and i'm like what and and i tried it one time i'm like oh yeah that is hard that that is hard to make that sound like a genuine natural laughter when you don't really (laughs) have anything to go off of (laughs) yeah um but another one is like sometimes you have to breathe heavy and it can be hard to make even just as a normal actor, it can be hard to make breathing heavy sound natural if you're starting a scene and you're supposed to be out of breath, per se.
1: Yeah, and you're not actually out of breath.
0: <laughs> I had this experience during one of my scenes. Um, I was doing a scene where I was supposed to have run this like marathon beforehand and I'm supposed to be like out of breath, stopping, catching a breath. And the first time we did it, I wasn't. I'm like, okay how do I make the sound I'm like we'll just go for it. This is my first semester by the way. So, <laughs> and I go in and I'm like <sighs> like that. And then my teacher's like, "Okay. So, here's what you need to do when you need to sound breathless on stage. Make yourself get out of breath."
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going like, to say, just hold your breath or go for a Well, quick, what she you know, had me do and what I would
0: do from that point on is I would either, right before the scene, I would step out into the hallway and just, like, run up and down the hallway. <laughs> or I would do some jumping jacks. Or, like, I would get myself at least picked up. I wouldn't maybe sound totally breathless, but it was, like, enough that, like, I could still speak and be understood, but still make it clear that, like, I was having trouble breathing. So I don't know if the actor, the voice actors in this movie did something similar or if
1: they're just really good
0: or they're just really good because some people can fake it really well. Uh, But it was just a little detail that I'm like, oh, they're both out of breath. Like, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've noticed, too, with more so with being out of breath, because I'm like used to being out of breath after like doing a you know cross-country meet or something uh, or you know do run in the mile and and trying to catch your breath and say things at times and people say way too many things in between their breaths we're like we would usually be there and say like one and a half words (laughs) and then like take two breaths and then say like another couple words and usually it's like oh i'm out of breath (sighs) and then just like they go on this long, like, monologue without stopping to take another breath after that, and you're like, R- really? You're supposed to be out of breath. You, it doesn't, you don't recover that quickly. That's, that's like not there how that works. are things you can <laughs> do to, to recover pretty quickly, but usually you're just like, you know, the, the end of words are just exasperated, like, you know, breaths out, and then you take a breath in, and, and yeah, it's...
0: Or, like, the words themselves are usually, like, breathy, like, they're not yeah, crisp and clear, they're more like, yeah, they're kind of like this, where you yeah, can understand you're it. you while talking instead of just talking. Yeah, which is kind of what—it's not as supported because you're you're just trying to get it out and inhale and exhale, and that's like kind of what you do when you're out of breath, or you're like me, who just keeps talking and trying to get a whole breath until you can't breathe at all, and in the end, up have kind got of like this, <laughs> and then you take a gasp. <laughs> yeah, which is not. Don't recommend that, listeners. Don't do. That.
1: Yeah, so the last thing I want to bring up um, is the shoes that Miles are wearing. We keep talking about them, um, and I want to just...
0: Mostly about how only one of them is ever tied.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, but I just wanted to bring up, like, what shoes they are specifically. Um, It's not something I normally notice because I'm not really a sneakerhead. I have one pair of everyday shoes and then, like, six specialty shoes for like sports and dressing uh like like dress shoes and stuff um but his are air jordan's air jordan ones hmm. and they actually released a um custom pairs called the air jordan Ones origin stories for uh for the release of the movie Ooh. and in the director's commentary they were making a comment um because like i I know a little bit about sneakers in that it kind of baffles me, but I've been understanding it a bit more recently. I just don't really get the appeal. Um, but in the director's commentary, they were saying how some people were kind of complaining about how how could Miles afford these shoes with a policeman and nurse's salary, like for his parents, and they're. Their comment was just, or they are just like, oh, obviously it's from his uncle. I was going to um, say, like, have you seen his uncle's <laughs>
0: stereo setup? Like, the yeah. boy can- <laughs> Uncle Aaron can hook his nephew up with some
1: Air jordan. Not, not even just his stereo setup, but, like, uh, Uncle Aaron knows how to dress. Like, he dresses stylishly. He does. And so obviously he, he wants his, his nephew to be able to dress stylishly as well. But that's all I have for that's all the notes i have for this minute same here sweet so thank you for joining us for minute 22 uh join us on wednesday when we take a look at the next minute and see uh what miles and peter get up to together next
0: thanks for listening
1: bye